This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Bola Marjanovic, and you listen to Step Back. I like this, TK. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Don't get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, set out on rapping. God, if Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Duncan Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax. Still at the champ, Diva still coming with the calibers. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Step Back, a Mavs podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Sports Illustrated Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Uh, was at Mavs Media Day this past week and uh, really, you know, really enjoyed it. It was a little bit of a madhouse, but, um, you know, it's an exciting year, so there was a lot of people around and you can tell there's a lot of excitement everywhere, so it's, uh, you know, it was, it was a fun time. Yeah, yeah, Mavs Media Day, that was a lot of fun. You get to finally see all of the new faces in, the, in their Mavs uniforms, and, uh, you know, you, you get some of the fun pictures like we saw with J.J. Uh, <laughs> J. J. Barea and K.P. and Boban together. That was fun. Uh, by the way, we discussed it on last week's pod, but you know J.J. Barea is officially five foot ten, <laughs> which makes me happy because I knew I knew he wasn't taller than me. I knew it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he he's five foot ten, and uh, it definitely shows in that uh, that picture with Bobon and KP. But uh, media day always fun. Wish I could have been there with you, Matt. But I mean, you and Fish had it covered pretty well, and. Uh, you know, training camp opened up this week. Uh, the Mavs will take a take a break on Friday, and then they'll be back at it on Saturday. But uh, I mean, what what's your initial takeaways or your early takeaways from the Mavs in training camp so far? Well, we heard them talk a lot about um, what their approach is going to be to the season, and. Obviously, everything is going to center around Luca and KP. You can tell that by the way they're, you know, marketing the two guys. They're the, they're the faces of the franchise. They're going to be the new culture of this franchise going forward. Rick, you know, Rick Carlisle said as much on Media Day. Um, right. But you know, they're going to make a, a they're going to have a renewed focus on the defensive end. That's something that that Rick talked a lot about. And apparently, they're going to shoot more threes than they've ever shot before. And Which is crazy. Yeah, considering <laughs> they set a franchise record last year, you know that that's a, that's a lot. But you know they they acquired a couple of shooters recently, in, in Chris Stapps and Seth Curry, that you know can really shoot the basketball. So maybe maybe they'll have some better results this year. I know we'll talk about Seth in a bit, uh, in particular. <clears throat> but 
you know, it's it it's going to be different. Um, things are going to look a little bit different. They're going to be bigger. They're going to be longer. Um, they're going to be better. And yeah. I don't just mean from a, you know, from a um, from a talent standpoint necessarily, but it, it seems like there's also some more uh, cohesion with the group. You know, they've there's always been so much turnover with the Mavericks, and like, yeah, there's there's more turnover this year, but there's also a foundation in place. Right. And normally it's just, hey, you know, it was just, hey, here's Dirk, and then the rest of the roster, or here's Dirk and JJ, and then the rest of the roster comes in and out every year. Uh, There's some guys here who, you know, who are going to be very comfortable playing with one another. I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, my my main two takeaways so far this week, uh, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, you know, it it just kind of feels like there's a renewed energy around the entire team, around the entire franchise. Uh, you know, Rick Carlisle, he he almost seems giddy, <laughs> which is you know not something you see very often from Rick Carlisle, but. Uh, you know, he's even hinted that this team really gets along. Uh, it's it's a good group. They uh, they already have some really good established chemistry, which is only going to get better as the season goes on. So, I mean, I that's the first thing I take away is Rick Carlisle is super happy so far. And if you look back to last year, it kind of felt, before the trade, it kind of felt like, he felt obligated to play guys like uh, Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan uh, because they were in the last year of their contract and, uh, you know, it was a money year for them and they were veterans and uh, we know at least Wes Matthews, he always worked hard, super hard in in practice and uh, especially on the defensive end and Carlisle respected that. But, I mean, there were just a lot of different factors that kind of – restrained him a little bit Carlisle I'm talking about uh from doing what he does best and I think he's going to be unleashed again this year uh I mean we know that Luca and KP are starting but uh he's not obligated to start anybody this year I mean it's it's like you know whoever (laughs) whoever goes out there and proves themselves that's who will be in the starting lineup and that's who will be in the rotation and I, I, I don't know. I, I just I think it has a lot of potential to be a really fun team. I think I, I get vibes from like the pre Rondo trade, uh, 2013-2014 team. And Matt, the second takeaway uh, from this week, and it goes along with what I was talking about with uh, you know, uh, there being a renewed energy around the team and and all that. And I I'm gonna try to word this as carefully as I possibly can because I don't want people to take it the wrong way. But we were very sad to see Dirk retire. You know, it was very emotional, uh, 21 amazing years, and uh, to go out the way he did, we didn't know until the very last home game if, you know, he was for sure going to hang it up. Uh, but, you know, now that now that he's retired and, you know, he's having fun, he's getting to eat whatever he wants, he's hanging out with his family, You know, he's moved on, and, you know, it's nice that they can focus on the team again as a whole, 
And that's not a knock on Dirk. That's not a knock on his final season or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, there, there's nothing else like that to worry about now. It's completely, you know, okay, it's Luka, it's KP, it's these people we've put around them. Let's get this done. This is our only focus is making the playoffs. Is that a fair point? It, yeah, I mean, it's 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 okay. Um, the last 21 years have been amazing, and we owe everything we are to Dirk, but now it's time to move forward. And there's a lot of excitement around that, um, not because people didn't want Dirk around, but just because the future is bright, uh, bright future Mavericks. And I, I think that's totally fair. I think Dirk would probably agree. Right. And if Dirk, so, look, if he wanted to come back for a 22nd season, I would have been all for that. Uh, I mean, that that would have been fine. I'm just saying that since he made that decision to hang it up, I mean, it's okay to turn the page, and it's okay to have, you know, it's a new beginning for the Mavs. So, I mean, yeah, you're sad about Dirk, and, you know, you wish he had come back and maybe play one season with Porzingis in action too, but, I mean, I don't know. It, it's It's also nice to have a new beginning and, you know, new goals and uh, a new future to look forward to. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's absolutely fair. It's it's you know what I what I kind of liken it to is um, if you're a college football fan, you know, if um, you've had like take uh, Florida State for example, um, or actually Florida State's terrible, so that's probably not a good one. Take take Texas for example. If you know they had Mac Brown for since 1998 and then they went 15 or 20 years with Mac Brown at the helm however long it was I can't remember exactly but he won a national championship but by the end you know things were starting to wear down and they needed a new direction and um, everybody still loves Mac Brown but when they hired a new coach it brought on a lot of um, excitement around the program and where they can go and how things can change and what things can be different and all that stuff and that, that's no knocking against Mac Brown. He's never buying a meal in Austin again. And it's the same for Dirk. You know, he's he's never going to be more loved. No no athlete is ever going to be more loved than Dirk is in Dallas. But it, it, that doesn't mean it's not okay to be excited about where they're going. Right. And look, it's it's been a fun week. Uh, like I said, they're the Mavs. They're they're not going to have any any kind of practice going on on Friday, and then they'll get back to it Saturday. And then, uh, you know, Tuesday will be the first uh, preseason game. They'll be in Tulsa taking on the OKC Thunder. And uh, the day after that, just a quick reminder for everybody listening: uh, Step Back's giving away two tickets to the Mavs. Uh, opening game against the Wizards at American Airlines Center. Uh, that is the day, Wednesday, next week. So you have five more days to sign up for that. It's easy. Uh, just go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave us a review, and put your Twitter or Instagram name uh, in that review so we can identify you if you win. Uh, so a little quick note there. But Matt... <clears throat> Moving on to our next topic, uh, you know, talking about being excited about the future and, you know, especially this season because we've never seen Luka and, and KP play together before. Uh, so we kind of get an idea of what it's going to be like. I mean, it on paper, their games seem to mesh seamlessly. 
uh, but we just haven't seen it yet. But my question now is, you know, what kind of numbers do those two guys have to put up this year? And maybe not individual, not just individual numbers, but, you know, what do they have to put up and what do the Mavs have to accomplish as a team before the All-Star break uh, in order for both of those guys to be All-Stars in a stacked Western Conference? Well, Luka was already almost an All-Star with a terrible team. He had he had the third most right. All-Star votes. So, you know, if, if he can keep doing what he did um, last year, make some improvements, I think he makes it hands down, um, yeah. especially being that he's not going to be a rookie anymore. Um. And with Porzingis, you know, I, I think he has to lead the team in scoring. I think he has to average close to a double double, uh, maybe like, um, you know, twenty three, twenty four points and eight rebounds and two blocks and around around numbers like that. And I think it, I think it would help if they had, if they were you know, well above five hundred. Um, I don't necessarily think that's make or break if they're both playing really really well and they're at 500 or a little bit below 500 or whatever they can still make it uh, but it would definitely help if if they were if they had that added power of being a team that is up and coming and pushing for a playoff spot behind also you know a successful statistical statistical season because Luca is I think his I think his scoring is actually going to go down a little bit. He averaged twenty one point two points. I think it'll probably be closer to nineteen and a half or twenty. Um, I think he'll average a little bit more assists and um, probably around the same in rebounding. Hopefully a little less. Cause I hope I hope he doesn't have to rebound as much because um, he's going to be he's not going to have as much as a scoring burden with Porzingis on the floor. Hopefully, we'll see. So. That that's where we disagree a little bit. I do agree that. Uh, you know that Luca probably makes it to the All Star game this year. You know if he if he shows improvement, especially with the uh, his efficiency, and if the Mavs are you know uh, in that playoff hunt as they approach the the All Star game. But as far as the scoring thing goes, I think he's definitely going to see a little uptick uh, this year because I mean he only played thirty two minutes a game last year. And that was with him, you know, not in the the greatest of NBA shape either. And the guy looks amazing now. Like, I could easily see him playing, you know, 35, 36 minutes a game and, uh, you know, getting that scoring average up to around 25 points per game. And another thing that hasn't been taken into consideration, and you may not have thought of this and you might agree with me here, but he shot 71% from the free throw line. I mean, if he if he even ups that to like eighty percent this season, that's at least you know what two three more points added to his scoring average. Sure. Yeah. So I mean that's that's fair. Yeah, and I mean he last year he got to the line seven times per game, uh, and I mean you never know how that's gonna go from year one to year two, but I mean. I mean, who knows? It might even go up from there. So, I mean, you, you just never know. I, I think, though, we're going to see a, a pretty decent size uh, increase in his scoring per game. Now, Porzingis, uh, 
it's harder to tell with him because we just we've talked about it before on previous pods, but it's just an unprecedented unprecedented situation with him. Uh, never really had someone with his ability at his height uh, come back from an injury, you know, after taking this long. So I mean, we really don't know exactly what to expect, but he looks good. He says he feels a hundred percent. You know, I've I've loved seeing the the videos of him. Uh, putting up shots with Luca this week, it's oh, it's <laughs> I don't know, I don't know about you, but just finally getting to see that, it just it gives me the warm fuzzies, Matt. But uh, yes, of I, course, I, I think it's safe to say that that he'll average over twenty points a game. I'm I'm not sure exactly what he'll average there. I think anywhere between you know seven to nine rebounds a game is is doable, and uh, I think he'll definitely uh, be in that two blocked shots per game too so I think it's possible that both players could make it to the all-star game I think Luca's probably if I had to put money on one of them I would pick Luca first uh but it really just depends on what the Mavs uh record looks like and I mean luckily for them they don't have the you know the strongest schedule to open so uh, they should be able to rack up some wins early on, and that would help their chances too. Right, and and the the, the only thing that makes me think that um, Lucas scoring might be down from a number standpoint, like a raw scoring number standpoint, it's just that he's not going to have that burden anymore. Like he's not going to have to put all the pressure on himself to make every shot that he can because he's got a few other players around him that can do it now mainly Porzingis and you know players that can hit shots like Seth Curry so right his efficiency I think will go up I just don't think he's going to need to score as much is all I mean right and I mean he he won't have to that's that's what I'm saying I think his his points per game is going to go up without him having to have that extra burden that's what I'm saying you know you increase efficiency uh you know whether it's from his actual field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and then you add in, you know, if he can hit more free throws and get that around 80% or so, all that combined, I think he can do what he's been doing and, uh, you know, focus on hitting his wide-open teammates for more assists and still get his scoring up. Uh, I mean, him being in shape, I definitely think he'll still play around 35 minutes per game. I don't know what you think about that. but Yeah, uh, for sure he'll be he'll be more capable of you know playing for longer stretches and uh, being more effective that way but I mean that's that's my main thing I don't think he's going to have to shoulder as much of the burden but I do think he's still going to see an increase just because of like you said the efficiency going up so if that makes sense you know he's (laughs) his scoring is going to go up but he's not going to have to like overly exert himself to do it but Guys, look, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, On the other side, we're going to come back and talk about a couple of Mavs that have, in my opinion, been flying under the radar as we approach the start of the season. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, We're going to jump right into it again, Matt. Uh, There's a couple of players I've been thinking about lately. Uh, All the publicity, all the, you know, the majority of the articles we see out there, uh, it's about Porzingis and Luca, and uh, there just hasn't been a lot of hype, I guess, around 
Seth Curry and DeLon Wright. And to me, I mean, I just think, I think their importance, importance for this season coming up is severely underrated. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, of course. Um, in a perfect, in my perfect world, uh, they would both start, um, with Luca and, but that's not going to happen. Um, it's not a big enough lineup and yada, yada, yada and whatever. But they both provide things that the Mavericks desperately need. Uh, each each one brings a different thing to the table. Um, you're going to go into depth on Seth, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about DeLon here. He yeah. is an elite perimeter defender. He can guard three positions at, at minimum. Um, the Mavericks' last player like that was um, Seth Matt or Seth Matthews, Wes Matthews, <laughs> and he had obviously lost a step after his Achilles injury. It's I, you know, no knock on him, but Delon is a much better athlete. He's faster. He's quicker. He's stronger. Um, younger. He's younger. Um, he, he he's not. <clears throat> This is going to sound bad, but he, he, I, I thought that Wes tried. It was too much of a tryhard. <laughs> That's the only yeah. way I know how to put it. Well, um, like I said, it, it was a contract year, so he was definitely pressing more uh, his last season than he than he had the you know the couple years beforehand. Yeah, so. and, and of, co- I, I don't, of, of course, I don't. Of course, I don't think you're off base there. Of, of course, you have a, a nicer way to put it than I do. There's no surprise there, but. <laughs> I, I, I don't think DeLon has any of those detractions. Um, Wes is a better shooter than DeLon, but they're not bringing DeLon in to ask him to shoot 10 threes a game. So there's no. that's fine, whatever. But they, they haven't had a defender with the defensive skills of DeLon Wright on the perimeter in quite some time. Because Wes was supposed to be that guy, but he never really reached those heights. I mean, yeah, he hustled on defense and he was a pest and all that stuff, but, you know, when it came down to it, he couldn't stop the guys he needed to stop, especially this past season in, in, in tight situations. You know, he right. quite frankly made a couple of big mistakes that we all remember. We won't get into it right now, but so DeLon is going to fit a very specific mold here and I think it's a really really important one that they desperately need because they ranked 22nd in, t- in total team defense last year and that's not good enough I mean I you're right he, he's incredibly good on the defensive end he's going to be an incredible fit next to Luca uh that's the biggest thing though is you know how can he hit the open threes because he's probably going to get a whole lot of them and he shot 30 percent from three last year and that's that's not going to cut it he needs to he needs to be around that that 35 percent i think so we'll see how it, how it pans out uh moving on to the other guy seth curry i mean i'm really excited about him matt i'm i'm really really excited about seth curry he's a 45 percent career three-point shooter He's a 50% career three-point shooter from the corners, which I can see him getting a ton of open looks there. Uh, and what I like, you know, when I was going back through his games with Portland last year, as the season progressed and, you know, it got towards the end of the season, his minutes increased. 
and with that his points per game increased like all these different areas of his uh, uh, the box score were increasing for Seth Curry but his efficiency was the same you that's know incre- I mean, he, I, mean that's, I, I hate to interrupt but that's an incredible stat <laughs> that's, I, mean, I mean that's really that's really impressive yeah and uh, are you talking about the uh, the three point percentages yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it's it runs in the family. He, he just his dad and his brother and him. They're just I don't know what they do, but it works. <clears throat> but you know, like towards the end of last season, there was a point where Seth was playing twenty eight minutes per game, and he was putting up fifteen points, shooting six threes per game, and shooting forty seven point five percent from three, like. That, <laughs> like, that's just incredible. And I just, I'm just thinking, like, okay, there's going to be so much attention put on Luca this season, and so much attention put on KP, and you know, teams thinking, how in the world are we going to stop these pick and rolls, these pick and pops? And you know, Seth, he's going to just be chilling in the corner, <laughs> waiting for a defender to go away, and then he's going to end up with these wide open shots. And I'm just, I'm really excited about it. Now, you know, defensively, I think he's an underrated defender. I don't think he's a great defender. Um, but he did have some big plays in that that Portland uh, playoff run this last season. But offensively, I think he can really be a game changer. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that they've been desperately, desperately in need of a shooter with those kind of skills. I mean... That's one of the reasons they coveted Danny Green so much is because they needed a knockdown three guy, and obviously right. Seth doesn't have the doesn't have the same size and defensive skills. Um, but that is something he he mentioned at media day that he's working on is his defense, and he's he's an underrated defender. But you know he the the, the, the those kind of shooting numbers just it's they could, unreal. They, they, they could only come with the last <laughs> name Curry attached. They really, it, right. it, it's 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 really impressive. And look, he only plays he only played about eighteen minutes a game overall last year for Portland. So I'm I'm sure some people would think like, oh well, you know, if he if he played a lot more minutes, then he wouldn't be that efficient. But that's what that's the thing. When I was going back through like last number of games played towards the end of the season, last twenty, last fifteen, ten, you know, all that. He was right. He was either at forty-five. He was between forty-five and forty-seven percent with his minutes between twenty-six uh, to twenty-eight minutes per game. So I mean, <laughs> the, the efficiency—it's always going to be there. So and I don't know how I don't know how much he's going to play, but I just know he's going to be raining threes all season long. He'll he'll play <laughs> a lot, and I, I think that one thing that's going to be a little bit different about here than. Um, than what he had to deal with in Portland is he's going to be open a lot more because he's going to be on the floor with Luca and KP instead of just with Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. Yeah. And, so and I saw, he's going to have a lot of, he's going to have a lot of looks. Yeah. And I saw a little bit of his, uh, his sit down interview with, uh, Mark Folliwell and Chuck Cooperstein on media day. And they were talking about how, his best season of his entire career was the last time he played for the Mavs and Rick Carlisle. And they were like, obviously, and, and Mark, Mark Folliwell made it a point to say with all due respect, but, you know, he was talking about how this roster is just vastly different 
uh, from what it was the last time Seth was in Dallas. And you could just see it on, on Seth's face. He was just like, <laughs> he was just super excited to be here with these guys. And he said, uh, you know, that he had multiple options this summer for the first time in his career. And, you know, he chose Dallas because of Rick Carlisle, the coaching staff, and he envisioned him being a perfect fit with Luca. So all that was great to hear, and I'm really excited about what he brings to the table. But just off the top of your head here, do you know, do you remember exactly how much uh, Seth and DeLon Wright are making yearly? I'm, I'm trying to look that up because I have a point I want to make. I mean, off the top of my head, I think Seth is around $8 million. Um, DeLon, the number escapes me. You're really I think it's nine. Here. I think it's nine. <laughs> so eight and nine million, so $17 million combined for that's Seth. What, that's what Wes made last year for two well, players who are both going to be bigger impacts. Well, see, here, here was my thinking. You know, they wanted Danny Green, and – what what Danny Green signed with the Lakers for like fifteen million per year. Well, I mean, if you combine Seth and DeLon Wright, does that not kind of fit the Danny Green mold? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 two players, so they're paying they're they're paying the same amount for two players who you know do kind of the same things they were gonna, they were wanting from Danny Green. Uh, so I mean, if you put it that way, you can kind of see where the Mavs thinking was there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, we're we're both really excited for both DeLon Wright and Seth Curry, and I uh, can't wait to see them get on the court and see how they mesh with, with Luka and KP. But there's an urgency this year, even though it's basically a brand-new team. They need to get into the playoffs, and pretty much every player has voiced that. Um, it's not going to be easy. It never is in the West. But, you know, after missing the playoffs for three straight seasons – there's just an urgency all around that you know we need to make this happen. Yeah, and you gotta you, you gotta I, run before you can walk. And uh, I mean, sorry, you gotta you gotta walk before you can run. <laughs> so <laughs> gotta run before you get tired and have to walk. Uh, but anyway, guys, look, we, we're gonna have a lot more to talk about next week as the preseason starts. And you know, it's not gonna be long now, Matt, that the regular season will be underway, and we will be going at full speed over at dallasbasketball.com so be sure to check out all of our work there uh matt and i and fish and and our guy matthew postens uh we all have some really great stuff up at dallasbasketball.com right now so uh be sure to check that out matt anything else before we head off here no no i think that's it um uh i mean we got a lot of good stuff up at the website so and we got more stuff coming just like dalton said so just make sure you check it out yeah, and look, uh, guys, be sure to uh, like, rate, and subscribe to the pod on your your favorite uh, platforms. And we also have a YouTube channel now, and we haven't we we weren't real active with that at the beginning, but we're trying to do more stuff with that now. And I know uh, Matt and Fish they have some uh, post game stuff they're going to be doing throughout the season. Uh, we're going to be putting all that on the on the YouTube channel as well. So. Be sure to go and, you know, take five seconds and subscribe to us there. It's so free. you never miss. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our goal is to get to 1,000 subs. I think we're around 300 right now, if I'm not mistaken. So 
once we get to 1,000, we'll be able to do live broadcast stuff, and uh, it really opens some more doors for us. So be sure to go there and uh, subscribe when you can. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot. You're gonna see a lot more on my face this year. <laughs> yeah. For whatever that's worth, you're gonna get to see a lot of all of our faces. So. <laughs> immediately 100 people go unsubscribe we go from 300 down to 100 (laughs) but anyway guys look we appreciate it uh be be sure to tune in next week and uh the week leading up to the the regular season we have a very special guest but you guys have a great great weekend we'll see you next week Uh, a lot of times feel like i was on the road to nowhere tell me why all these people up in my face acting like i know them Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments, man, it got I'm in motion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.